Alright, hello everyone and welcome to the Everyday Church Podcast, episode 18, Baz. We're looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be good. We, uh, we're sitting here and we're thinking, we're getting sick of our own intro. <laughs> so we're going to do a new one and so the Everyday Church Podcast is for the Everyday Church. Really? Everyday Church, small church, big church, any church. And uh, we're experienced at the Everyday Church and we love uh, chatting about these things. And So how we started it was that you and I were chatting lots about just the things that everyday churches get involved with and how the podcasts that we've been listening to were all really large churches mm. and didn't help the everyday church. So uh, great to have you along. And if you are uh, listening for the first time, we have a, a massive listener base, don't we? We've got a, what, a four, four five or people. five people, which is sensational, <laughs> but we really enjoy uh, having a chat. And so welcome to today. Number 18. The most informal intro ever. <laughs> but you know what? It, it, it did the job. A- and I remember when we started, uh, we did. We, we were listening to these mega churches and their leadership. And, and it just, we had to always kind of almost to an extent water it down to make it uh, contextualized to our churches. That's right. So we thought, well, why don't we do a podcast and just talk about the things that, um, that we find really difficult, the things that we find um, uh, are really relevant to the churches that we're a part of. So the church that you're at, Baz, isn't uh, isn't a mega church. No, no, no. by any chance. Uh, 150 to 200 people, maybe uh, overall, if you include everyone. Well, yeah, if, if everyone bought their grandmas and and their pet dogs, and their care. pet <laughs> dogs, we might get close. Yep. And my church is is nowhere near even 50. You know, it is. Uh, a well, well, let's face it, your whole town. It's 500, <laughs> so if I can get 50, 10% of the population, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. It's pretty good. But the podcast is about that kind of stuff. How, yeah. do, how, do we, how do we be leaders? How do we be pastors in churches that are small, not destined to always be small, but how do we lead in the here and now, in this season, leading into the next season? Um, so we're at episode 18. We've, we've had 18 uh, conversations about different areas of ministry. We've talked about the importance of your online presence. We've talked about how to care for yourself and be a, a minister that can can lead for many, many years and really your whole life. Mm. We've talked about the frustrations of discipling people and how they they can sway left and right and, and how we lead in amongst that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Baz, what are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk? You chose the topic. I dude. did. Why, I did. Why are you I throwing did, it to I me did. when you've chosen the topic? Let's rewind. I'll start that again. <laughs> so, Baz, the topic we're going to talk about today is something that you preached about a few weeks back, it and is. and I, I really enjoyed it. And it stirred me up a little bit, and I thought, well, it'd probably be a good conversation to have here. And and what you preached about was in particular with prayer, but I reckon we can generalize it a little bit more just for ministry and leadership in general. Mm. You were talking about uh, a leader's sweet spot. Yep. And that how in, in, in your sermon, you were talking about how in prayer, everyone has a certain sweet spot that some people, uh, it's about that really quiet, dedicated time in the, in the mornings or in the late evenings. For some people, it's praying on the go. Some people, it's going to a certain space. But that everyone had a sweet spot, and sometimes how our lives can throw us out of that sweet spot into a, a kind of a watered-down, kind of a, a second-rate prayer. Not a bad prayer life, but just a different prayer life, and it doesn't work for us. That's right. So I thought it'd be great for us to just to chat about that but and talk about it in regards to the, the sweet spot of leadership, of pastoring and caring for churches. So, so Baz, what are you? What are you? Well, thoughts? the f- the first thing that comes to my mind is 
that when you're a minister in a, in a smaller congregation or one that doesn't have a lot of people resources, the very first thing that, that happens is that you're thrown into being a general practitioner of a minister. Yeah. So you've got to be good at pastoral care, you've got to be good at preaching, you've got to be good at admin, you've got to be good at children's ministry, good at youth ministry, uh, you name it. You've got to be good at all of them and you've got to kind of fill in the gaps. And nine times out of ten when you're in a congregation like that, there are not a lot of self-starters. Uh, they might have been self-starters in the past but not self-starters now. And so being the minister, you've got to come in and you've got to generate um, all these different avenues. And what it can do is it can push you out of your sweet spot because you see uh, a need and you try and fill it yeah. and you try and be that general practitioner or that jack of all trades instead of um, concentrating on what the gifts and the skills that God really has for you. And I think that's why your message stirred me up so much was because that's that's me. I've gone to a church, an amazing church. I, I love this church, but they are a small church in a small town, and I'm the only pastor. And to an extent, I'm the only self-starter. Um, and I've started really stretching myself, not in a bad way, but doing a lot more than what I've done before, and I love it. I really love it. But at the same time, it has sort of pushed me um, out of my comfort zone, but actually, it's actually at, at times pushed me out of my sweet spot in my own devotion life with God and also in regards to how I lead. I've had to change and I don't know where, well, upon reflection, I'm not even sure whether that change has been a, a good change, the same, like if it's actually been a, a helpful one because I've started to do things that are brand new. Yeah, and, and that's always the, the line that you have to kind of um, walk along is, is that some of the things you do need to be stretched in mm, mm. And, and some of them uh, actually take so much energy away from it. it doesn't matter how much stretching you do in it you're never going to be uh, brilliant at it mm -hmm. and so um, for me for instance when I first came into ministry uh, I knew that my major deficit was in pastoral care okay so um, uh, I'm not naturally wired to go you're hurting I'm going to go and sit with you while you're hurting sure now if there's a crisis you call me happy to be there mm. but um, but I'm not thinking oh gee um, Jordan had an operation yesterday I should probably go and have a visit that's mm. not the, the okay. thing that's on the top of my mind I, I mean a lot of times I wish it was but all the ministers I've had in the past that's what they were really good at yeah well a and but it's not the best thing mm. so uh, I've had to um, look at and trying to encourage people who do have that gift to do it on my behalf and to indicate to me when I should come in because I'm not brilliant at that thing. Now, I've been stretched over my 10 years here and I've got better. Mm. I've got a lot better in it. Um, but I'm still not naturally wired that way yeah, yeah. at all. And so, um, and I, I think the church knows that. I think the church feels that. I think the church would like me to be different <laughs> um, because, you know, you have the old school people who really love you know a visiting minister and to be honest visiting is not on the top of my agenda in any shape or form it actually yeah, well. takes me three or four days unless someone's died or someone's about to die 
uh, to get around to going, hey, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll slot that person in. Mm. So um, that's not because I don't love. It's not because I don't care. I'm just not wired that way. Yeah, it's not wow. my sweet spot at all. So, so really, what we're talking about here is that it's quite helpful to know uh, where your sweet spot is in ministry. What are you good at? What, what has God particularly gifted you in? Because I think we've discussed this before, Barry, but sometimes people look at the word pastor or minister and they think, well, that person must be just good at everything. That there's kind of this perception that a minister should be perfect at everything to do with church, life, relationships and everything. And, and we know that's just not the case. Well, I know that probably at least 80% of ministers are terrible at administration. Yeah, I suck at it. You know, I just don't like it. <laughs> That's right. But there's a there's a certain amount of um, uh, element of administration that has to happen mm. and or should happen for good governance of a church. And so that's why one of the the first you know employments, if you actually get to employing someone, usually <laughs> is to <laughs> employ an administrator <laughs> to take all the church administration away from the pastor because mm. you know, as I said, nearly. 80% of pastors aren't naturally geared that way. Now, there are some who usually come out of an accountancy background or mm. some sort of administration background that do have that gift, and God bless them for mm. it. Um, but um, most ministers don't. And what we'd find is those that are gifted in administration as a pastor will have another area that they lack in. That's right. As all pastors and ministers do. So I think it's key as we talk about sweet spots to know what you're good at. And this isn't a, a cocky thing or an egotistic thing. Actually take some time today and think about what are you particularly gifted in? Where do you feel particularly called to do certain things within the church? And write them down. Know what they are. Because I think we talked about this when we talked about prioritizing our time. You've got to know what's your job and what's someone else's job. And we have to toe this fine line between saying, well, I'm not very good at that, so I'm not going to do it. And I'm not very good at it, so I'm going to learn how to do it better. Mm. And I think as pastors, we need to be the second option. We need to always be, well, I'm not good at it, but I probably should be better at it. That attitude is going to serve us well. But knowing what we're good at is going to help us when we get pushed in other directions. It's going to help us have that healthy no when someone says, well, why don't you just do this? And we can say, well, actually, no, that's not going to be helpful for here and now. See, as ch- the... the- as churches grow, of course, you, you can become more specialised because mm. you can employ people with other giftings to do that. And so that's why you have teaching pastors oh. and you have yeah. campus pastors that don't do a lot Pastor of preaching. Pastoral care pastors, morning tea pastors. Administration every- pastors, Woo! everything. Yes. And so, um, you know, that's the joy of um, being in a more complex and larger thing. But when you don't have that, you've got to shore up your edges really I think with volunteers within the life of the church Mm. and so that means that you really need to know what your gifting is and nine times out of ten your gifting will follow your passions yeah so what you're passionate about was what you'll spend your time at in and what you spend your time in is what you'll excel in yeah yeah and so um, that will give you an indication what gives you energy Mm. what uh, what you love about ministry is what you do it now i've got a bunch of retired ministers and when they first came and when i first came my question was what do you really love to do in ministry Mm. and what do you really hate to do (laughs) and let me take away the stuff that you hate to do and just sit in the stuff that you love to do Mm. because that is going to keep you going you're going to continue to have energy yeah and i'm paid the big bucks so I'll take away... Huge salary. <laughs> well, compared to them, I was. Um, 
you know, and so let me take away the stuff you don't like and let me start, you know, and a couple of them said, actually, what I really love doing is going in and have cups of tea with people. And I said, well, let me make you the visitation pasta Mm. and you can go and have cups of tea because that's not my gifting. Yeah, well. You know, um, one cup of tea and I need to go to the toilet anyway. But, (laughs) you know, that's not my gifting. So will you back me up on that? Now, Mm. for a while, they were really good at that. And after a while, um, you know, uh, some other stuff happened. But in essence, we've got to find those people within uh, our congregation. So we're going to know what we're good at, but we're also going to know what our people in our congregation is good at. And then inspire them that it's the whole church's job to care, Mm. not just the minister's job to care. Yeah, so we obviously have to have a bit of work um, with our congregation, kind of opening up that dialogue that one, the pastor doesn't have to do everything. That's who God wants to use everyone. And three, what what do you love? I think that's great because sometimes we all know that when you do something you don't love, you still do it, but you don't do it to the best extent. And I know that if I wanted to empower a volunteer, I'd want them to do the thing that they just adore doing. Because they won't just do it and clock on, clock off. They're just going to put everything they've got into it. And that's what the kind of energy we want from our, our volunteer leaders. We want that from ourselves as well. And it frees us up. If we know that someone else is really switched on with who's sick right now and wants to go visit everyone who has a cold, we should just empower them with everything we've got to let them do that because it might not be where we're at. Um, so it's it's an interesting thing, but in, in your journey, Baz, there would have been times where you would have been pushed off your sweet spot as a leader, and also pushed off your sweet spot in your devotional life as well. Do you, do you want to talk about some other areas besides just doing things that you don't love? What have been some other things that have happened in your ministry journey that have kind of pushed you off, and how have you found yourself kind of coming back to true north again? Mm. Sorry, that's a big question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, question without notice, i got to say. Um, Surprise. <laughs> uh, look, um, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the things that God has gifted me at and is that um, I'm extremely good at being average. <laughs> so, and, I, and I've preached about this in the past. You know, um, you know I, I wouldn't say that I'm brilliant at anything. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I'm I'm pretty good at a lot of things. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, and so when it came to helping a church like Gula get back on its feet to mm-hmm. revitalise and to renew itself, I could do a lot of those uh, tasks pretty easily and pretty well. Okay. You know, I can I can do maintenance stuff because I used to be a plumber, and so I used to do that. I, I'm I'm able to do technology stuff, so I was able to bring them into the technological 21st century. It was amazing. That, that, you know, projectors, what are those things? <laughs> and um, <laughs> so when I got here in 2007, you know, the overhead projector was still getting a good workout. Mm. But um, now there's this amazing thing called a projector that I introduced wow, them to. Amazing. And, um, and and so there are there are a lot of uh, building block things that I, I was, you know, at, you know uh, average to pretty good at, but okay. not excelling at. Um, what I what I found that pulled me away was those those things that needed to be done that I could not see anybody else able to do okay. that I had to step in and, and do uh, because they are essential to the life of the church, even though uh, they weren't uh, great uh, for me personally. Okay, and so it was 
It was about uh, then uh, just trying really hard to find people um, and praying for those people to come in. Mm. So um, I remember when we started our evening service, we had no musicians whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I just had to adapt and, and, and use the gifts I had to kind of fill that gap. But I was praying hard for mm. musicians yeah. um, because there, there was there was two organists and that was it. Yeah, wow. And um, and I remember uh, going and see, seeing uh, two two brothers who were part of the church, and I knew one of them uh, played music. And uh, and and I said, uh, you know, look, be really interested if you know what, where are you at with your faith? Would you be interested in coming back? And the guy who was a musician said no way <laughs> and the guy who wasn't said yeah that sounds really great and um uh, and then what happened over time is that actually flipped and so um, josh came on board became our youth pastor yeah uh, reignited his faith and his brother dropped away a little bit so you know it was a um it was a funny turn of events but josh was a real answer to prayer mm. and so um we actually started having and he could sing as well which was a yeah. double bonus yeah great a and now developed a whole uh, team of young people who uh, are really great at music so you know though those deficits that you have can push you off of what you're really good at but you've got to be working to a game plan mm. of saying well, if this is important to the life, I'll step into the gap for a season. Yeah, but wow. you want to be praying for uh, the right people to come in so that you can then step out of that season again. Wow. You know, I, 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 one of the things that I don't particularly enjoy is camping. Okay. I, um, you know, I'm a big snorer. I wake everybody up in the whole tent. I'm not particularly good at camping, but... I found myself every year having to go to kids' camp <laughs> <laughs> because no one else would take it on, mm. you know, and I'd hand it over and it would come back and <laughs> hand it over and it would come back and they're always kind of praying for uh, the right people to come in so I could hand it off. Mm. And if there's no bigger motivation for you to let go of ministry yeah. and to hand it on, it should be the motivation that... Uh, the more time that you can find people to develop their skills in the areas that you're not great in mm. releases you to do the things that you are great in. Wow, that's great. And what a, what a risk, though, at times. It's a, it's a calculated risk. Like, we need to step into the gap. I love that. And I can imagine uh, kind of the, the crazy thoughts going through your head. We need to do an evening service. We have no worship band. Let's just do it anyway. That's but, right. Uh, that, that, that stirs me up. I love that. But then there's a risk and it needs to be a calculated risk. Like, we're going to do this for a season, but we're praying hard in that season for someone to come yep. and bless us with music. Because other people would be like, let's play it safe. Let's wait till we have a fully-fledged band and then jump in. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But it just depends on what kind of leader you are. Do you want to be the person that pioneers forward? Or do you want to be the person that just kind of waits back? And it also depends on the season your church is in. Yeah, yeah. And... Um you know, I, I probably wouldn't start the night service again the same way. Yeah, you'd learn from now, it, yeah. now that I've learned from all the experiences that I've had. But, um, you know, you, you, you shouldn't see yourself as the saviour for the things that you're not good at. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, pray for someone else to come in wow. and take that role. Wow. Um, because if you're in off your sweet spot too long, 
mm. uh, then you, ministry becomes a grind. Yeah, yeah. And your energy is zapped because you're not good at it. You don't really enjoy it. You know it's important. So you've got to step in there for a season, mm. but you're always going to realize that this is not forever. Yeah. And I'd say give yourself a time frame, and if that time frame hasn't, has elapsed, then maybe it's time to stop yeah, what yeah. you're doing and, and be honest with your church and say, if I keep on doing this... It's not going to end well. It's not going to end well. Yeah. And, um, you know, nine times out of ten when you come into a conversation with the church they have kind of have a feeling for what you're good at and what you're not mm. and uh, you need to be honest with them to say look I'm happy to step into this breach for a while mm. to try and shore it up or if you know a children's worker leaves or whatever and you've got to step into children's ministry and I'm not particularly gifted in children's ministry either um, but I can do it for a season yeah yeah but once the season's over, the season, yeah. you know, you, you've got to pass it on. So by all means, be, um, I, I, yeah, let me say that again. I, I see that ministers can get themselves in trouble when when they fill the gap for too long. Yeah, wow. And, and you've got to, got to make sure that you don't. Mm, that's powerful. It, it, it's encouraging. So uh, I hope listeners today have, have really enjoyed the conversation heard the uh, inspiring call to maybe step into a gap if there's room for it um, but don't stay there you know step into the gap where you're not necessarily skilled at it but you know it's what needs to be done also um, just tap back into our conversation on energy make sure that you and the church and the church are prepared for what you're going to step into really gauge that first um, so if there is a gap just gauge the energy if it's there if it's possible if it's what God's calling you to do then step into it with all boldness but no that in everything we do as pastors and leaders, we have skills, we have gifts, um, and we shouldn't try and step out of that too much. We should try to the best of our ability to grow in the things that we're not good at, but to try and excel in the things that we are good at. Because if not, we're going to throw ourselves out of our sweet spot. Ministry is going to become a, a, a hard work kind of situation. We're not going to enjoy it. And really, I actually think ministry is there to enjoy. I love my job. Yeah. I think it's such a gift to be able to serve God's church and to serve God's people. I love that. I walk away from a very long day of work and I, I am refreshed. I, I, I love it. And and maybe that will change over time. Maybe there'll be some hard days. But at the moment, I'm just sitting in this idea that, my goodness, what a gift it is to serve God's church. And I think that's because we need to work within our sweet spot and know that what we're doing, we don't have to do it all. We just have to do the things that we're called to do. So I pray that um, you've enjoyed the conversation, that this has stirred something up within you. Um, if you're out of your sweet spot and you know it and things are getting hard, take some time to really uh, remind yourself of what you need to be doing. Um, go back to our previous episodes on figuring out what's your job and what's someone else's job. Um, so if you need to lighten your load, do it, because if you carry it too long, it's, it's never going to end well. But um, until next time, we'll catch you around. So thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, if you want to join us, uh, send us an email, uh, hop onto our webpage yep. at uh, openministries.net and uh, also onto our Facebook page, which is uh, Everyday Church, Church podcast. podcast. So uh, join us and, uh, and we'd love to hear from you. So for all those who are listening, God bless you. Till next time.